0: Oh, what a great presence of the Lord that's here tonight. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you grateful for the love of God that we feel? Mighty God. Hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord. My, 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 my. Clap your hands to the Lord. Thank you all for worshiping the Lord and what a beautiful presence of the Lord, and uh, God bless you. Please be seated a moment. What a privilege to be back with you all at Wallace in Wallace Ridge, and uh, we uh, honor and salute Pastor and Sister Stevenson in their absence, give them the highest regard, and uh, we know that the Lord is with them and has anointed them to lead this church continually into revival thank all of you for being here on wednesday evening to worship the lord i've invited my wife to come up and uh, i'm hoping that she can put together possibly one last uh, song for me Um, she's always with me and every once in a while she sings i'm just thankful for her love for god and her ministry and and uh, thank god for the for the holy ghost we feel and this worship team has just uh knocked it out of the park. They always lead us right into the presence of the Lord. Thank you to all these musicians and singers. Lift your hands one more time and uh, worship the Lord with Sister
1: Welch. Praise the Lord, saints. Can you wave your hand if you're thankful to feel his presence? this is an old song and um i was recently in service with my dad and where he pastors and my aunt sang, and um it's just been with me a strength since i heard it several weeks ago and then today especially was so strong on my heart and it says here we are in your presence And that first line ministers to me because it's not all about me. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, we get so busy and we do need to take care of ourselves. But I want to keep God, God. (laughs) And um, so it says, here we are in your presence. We're lifting holy hands. Lifting holy hands to you. Here we are praising Jesus. For the things he's brought us through so and um, I always like to have a verse to go along with whatever I sing to kind of validate it in my mind And Psalms chapter 16 says thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy and when we're in the presence of the king I'm not so tempted to fall into idolatry you know we have modern-day idolatry in America (laughs) Uh, whether it's materialism or bitterness or pride whatever it is that day that's knocking down my door when I am magnifying the king and I'm in his presence I don't even want to think about bowing to any other idol or to fear or to anxiety. So, if you just close your eyes a minute and just, if you know this one, please sing along with me. And if you want to lift your hands to heaven and praise Him with me for the many things I know each of us can testify what He's brought us through.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm your presence we're lifting all the hands to you and here we are we're praising Jesus for the things that's brought us through so we for his lifting holy hands to me. And here we are with raising Jesus for the things as brought us through. I don't have the to tell you how I feel, I just don't know what I could say, see. see I'm not alone to speak your holy name, and you're you me, you love me just the same, so here we are in the prayers, lifting holy hands to you. And here we are, we're praising Jesus for the things he's brought us through. I don't have the words to tell you how I feel. I just don't know what I can say. Cause I'm not allowed to speak your holy name. And yet you tell me that you love me just the same. So who are with his hands lifting holy hands to you and here we are we're praising Jesus for the things He's brought us through I never thought that it could be this way See, I never thought I'd be the one. But you found me and I was dying in my sin. You looked at me where love and took me in. So here we are, we're in the prison. We're lifting holy hands to you And here we are, the praise Jesus, for the things He brought us through, for all the things He's brought us through. Can you clap your hands if there's something God has brought you through that only He could have brought you through? Hallelujah!
0: Yes, amen. What a wonderful presence. If you'd turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 42 and 43 this evening. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 42 and 43. Thank you, Sister welch for worshiping the lord and letting the presence of the lord move in this place i as you're turning i just couldn't help but think of our dear friends and uh, honor again your wonderful pastor and wife and all their family and children these people are so meaningful to us they're not only not only tremendous pastors but our dear friends for so long and we just honor them and uh, salute them and uh, you know God has just put such capable leaders here that I'm just so thankful to be able to stand here and and to uh, and to fill in in this pulpit tonight it's an honor and uh, just thankful for the goodness of the Lord first Samuel chapter number 17 and verse 42 and uh, to these good men brother black brother crumb you all just uh, are strength to me thank you for stepping in here tonight First uh, Samuel chapter 17 verse 42 if you have it say amen. amen And when the Philistine looked about and saw David he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy, and of a fair countenance and the Philistine said to David am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves and the Philistine cursed David by his gods going to add one scripture to that and the philistine said to david come to me and i will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field father allow me to minister in these few moments remaining to the hearts of each individual let us receive it in faith bind doubt and unbelief and lose faith healing and salvation and miracles in jesus name and everyone say amen Amen. god bless you thank you for standing uh, in the form of a word of encouragement tonight, I'd like to minister to you from the subject, Against All Odds. Look at your neighbor and say, Against All Odds. Against All Odds. Against all odds. Isn't that usually the story? Isn't that usually the case? Scientists tell us, and who knows how they calculate, but uh, some say that the odds of us even being born or In existence are 1 in 400 trillion. Someone's done the math and they say that uh, the odds that you would find an oyster, a pearl in an oyster, are 1 in 12,000. The odds that you would be attacked by a shark, someone has calculated that for us, are 1 in 3,700,000. And the odds that you'll become a millionaire... I've got all the attention right now the odds that you will become a millionaire are one in five hundred and thirty eight thousand. Some of you might be one out of five hundred thousand who knows and uh, this last uh, statistic I'll give is not not possible for a Pentecostal but uh, they say that the odds of Winning the lottery are one in 302 million. But it's impossible for an apostolic, praise God. (laughs) Maybe you understand what I'm saying. But we read from 1 Samuel 17, I guess the most notorious Bible story of all time. David and Goliath are faced off head to head. And you remember how uh, the two... Armies were to fight, but Goliath says, I'm the biggest warrior on our side. And He said, it's a waste of time for the whole army to fight. Just send out one man who you think can defeat me, and we're going to stand head to head, toe to toe, and we're going to do battle. And you got David and Goliath. Of course, uh, it should have been somebody bigger than David. David was just a young teenage boy who came to the battlefield to bring his brother some Some food and some cheese and some bread. And David said, what are you guys doing? They said, we're hiding from Goliath, the mighty warrior. He's over there. And for 40 days, he's been saying how he's going to defeat us. And he's saying, send me a man. And of course, you remember, all of you know that Goliath was almost 10 feet tall and uh, probably half as wide and his shoulders and his arms were bigger than any other. And Goliath had beaten so many other warriors. He, not only was he big and strong and powerful, but he had all sorts of uh, the latest military uh, armor and weaponry. He had a spear, and he had a shield, and he had a coat of mail, and he had uh, leggings that guarded his legs, and he had everything that he needed to to fight in the greatest battles and to be victorious against anybody. And he thought, maybe rightfully so, that no individual could defeat him. And he had proven that many times. But David said, I know he's a big guy, but I can't believe all of my brothers, my own kinsmen and countrymen would hide behind rocks and cliffs and let that That uncircumcised Philistine chide us and make fun of us. I can't believe you guys are hiding back here. And they said, David, just get back to the house. You're just a little boy. You don't know what's going on. Get back to those few sheep. It's all coming back to you now. And David says, I'm not going home. David said, if none of you guys are going to go, I'm going to go. And somehow he manages uh, to be the one that goes out there and faces off against Goliath. And this is where I began to read in 1 Samuel chapter 17. The Bible says that Goliath is offended that they let David come out there. Goliath for 40 days has been looking for the biggest and the best to to come against him so he can uh, get another trophy, so to speak. And then little David comes out there and says, I'm going to fight you. And Goliath is fit to be tied. He said, am I a dog that you would come to me with staves and let this little boy come out here and fight against me? (laughs) And David said, you come with a sword and a shield, but I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. And you remember how David aggressively ran toward Goliath, put his hand inside that pouch and got out a stone and began to swing it. And by precision and practice and by the anointing of the Lord, that rock flew precisely in that one small place that Goliath was not protected in his forehead, and that rock slew the The giant, he fell on his back, and David ran and grabbed the sword of Goliath and chopped off his head and held it up as a trophy and said, "Uh, The God of all glory has given me the victory over Goliath. Now this should go without saying, but... It should go without saying, but... Goliath represents the enemy. Satan, the devil, or any other negative force that we face, that seems so gargantuous, so big in our life. But you know what? With the help of the Lord, anything is possible. Preaching tonight, just for another moment or two, the Lord's with you, and against all odds, you can be victorious. Think about this for a moment. Goliath, almost 10 feet tall. David, just a teenage boy, probably only 5 feet tall. David is half as tall as Goliath. David does not even have a sword. He does not have a shield. He does not have uh, any armor because he tried on Saul's armor and he said, that doesn't fit. I'm just going out there protected by the Lord. What were the odds that David could defeat Goliath, really? He's half as tall. David's never... Been in hand-to-hand combat. Sure, he, he slew a, a lion and a bear, but, but what is that to Goliath? That was only just a confidence builder. Goliath has killed many people. Goliath has been a man of war for years, maybe decades. He's 10 feet tall, and little David is 5 feet tall. What are the chances that David could defeat Goliath? I, I want to tell you, I'm not a mathematician, but I just, I just got to tell you, the odds were, were terribly against David that day. I mean, if you just want to put a number to it, it could, it could be like 1 in 10 billion. You know what I'm saying? Goliath had all of the advantages. David had nothing on his side except the Lord. And that's where Goliath made the mistake. Because one person with the Lord is the majority. And no matter how small you feel, when God's on your side and you're in the right, uh, you can bank on it. God's going to help you. He's going to send angels. Uh, God's going to send people. God's going to rescue you. Yes, he will. Against all odds, you're going to have the victory. I like what this praise team began to sing about. uh, uh, How great God is against 10,000 of our enemies. Uh, There's nothing that can defeat our God. He's never lost a battle, one song says. And that's just a representation of what the whole Bible says. He's never lost a battle. Against all odds, you can have the victory. David defeats Goliath against all odds. Some of you are facing your Goliath tonight. It might be a health concern, it might be a problem on your job. It might be persecution. It might be circumstances that are mounting against you. But you hear this preacher tonight, against all odds, you can prevail by the help of the Lord. Say, well, I don't have anything. I'm just a person of prayer. I want to tell you, you cannot defeat a person of prayer. Say, well, I just don't have much. I just come and worship the Lord. I don't have many resources. I just don't have anything. But you know what? You've got all you need with the help of the Lord. So many people in Scripture faced difficult odds. David was not the only one, but David shows us tonight again, no matter what Goliath you're facing, you can have the victory. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Isaiah 54 and 17 says, No weapon formed against me can prosper. Aren't you thankful that no enemy that rises against you can prosper? But by the help of the Lord, Hezekiah was facing an army and God sent his angel and 185,000 men fell by one angel. God has a host of angels to help you. And I want to tell you, there's no amount of adversaries that could mount up against you that could defeat you when the Lord is on your side. Hallelujah. You know... In our generation, in our culture, and computers and scientific and mathematicians, it's gotten to where everything is a statistic, you know? I mean, somebody has calculated everything. Am I right? But I've I've, I've read the statistics. I've looked at the statistics, and I appreciate all the effort. But do you know, sometimes statistics have a motive behind them. Sometimes people who write statistics have political agendas. Sometimes people who write statistics aren't putting on the mind of Christ and they're not thinking the way we're thinking. I'm getting there. They say that in our culture, 50% of all marriages will end in divorce. I know there's some truth in that. We live in a difficult time. But do you know, if you focus on that, you'll live under a dark cloud of despair. Just because a statistic says that doesn't mean that's going to happen in your relationship with your spouse. Hear me. 50% of marriages end in divorce, but as true as that is, listen to this statistic, 100% of marriages that keep God in the center of them succeed. That statistic is true. They tell me that when a student leaves high school and goes off to college, hear me, 65% of students, they say, will lose their faith and turn away from God and go their own way. I know there's some truth in that. I've seen college campuses. I've been on college campuses. I've been to college at times. But you know what? Even though the fact is true that 65% of students may turn away from their faith, they of students who stay prayed up and keep coming to church faithfully serve the Lord and don't turn away from their faith. I need to come back over here. The enemy says the odds are against you, students. But 100% of students who stay prayed up and are faithful to church are going to make it. You can listen to the negative odds all you want, or you can focus on what God says, uh, because if you stay prayed up and right with God, there's a 100% chance you're going to heaven. Uh, You get the Holy Ghost and baptized and keep living for God, though the enemy has statistics to try and rob your faith from you, you just keep on serving God. You know what? You can walk on the most... uh, a liberal ungodly campus there is and you can still live for God. You can still serve God at any state university. You can still serve God. Yes, you can. If Daniel can serve God in Babylon, you can serve God at any university. You're not going to lose your faith. You don't listen to those statistics, but you hear You hear what thus saith the word of God. If you stay on fire for him, you're going to make it. Oh, Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, Who needs the odds? You're odd enough already. (laughs) We're those peculiar people, you know what I'm saying? We get so practical and analytical, even even apostolics. We get so analytical. We want to know what are the stats, preacher? What are the what are the stats? What are the odds we're going to have revival? I mean, we live in a dark culture. We live in a bad time. We live when 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 Hollywood has the most influence, and evil politicians are influencing. What are the odds that we can have an old-fashioned apostolic revival? Well, you know what? You can listen to the statisticians and the mathematicians and the people that study religions, and you're going to leave disappointed. But if you're going to look in the Word of God, the Word of God says all the churches that that focus on on God Almighty, all the churches that have a prayer room that's on fire, all the churches that worship God exuberantly, all the churches that still preach against sin and Morality. Those are the churches that have apostolic revival. A hundred percent of those churches are going to have revival. Yes, they are. I know it doesn't look like it when you ask the mathematician, but if you look in the word of God, a hundred percent of those churches are going to have revival. It doesn't matter if it's 1984 or 2023. The fact remains, if you obey what's in this book, there is a revival coming to your family. There's a revival coming to your marriage. There's a revival coming to your teenagers and your grandkids. Yes, there are. Don't give up on those old principles that got us here. (laughs) Against all odds, we're going to do it. I believe the word of the Lord. Whose report are you going to believe? Right. Hallelujah. It seeps into our mind, these statistics, these odds, you know? You receive that diagnosis, as so many have. What, what is it? One of a thousand diseases. You name it. Somebody's got the statistics already lined up. And the first thing you do is look it up, you know. Let me, let me check the internet and see what it says about my sickness. That's alright. But there's not much hope usually out there. First thing we want to know is, What are the statistics? 80% of people with this diagnosis recover. 75% of people with this diagnosis recover. 50% of people with this type cancer find a remedy. 20%. And you know there are some that they say, I'm sorry, we don't have any good statistics for you. And oh how sad. And I can understand people calculating the raw numbers. But I've done some thinking about it. Because it puts such a heavy cloud over the people of God. When you're trying to inspire them to believe again. You have to first get rid of the dark cloud. And hear what I'm saying. They say there's 9 billion people in this world. And I guess they're calculating all of those people into those numbers. Or as many as they know about. And in those numbers include every unbeliever. All those who don't know God and don't serve God. And in my mind, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my mind... How can I be a statistic among the masses? What I want to know is, how many people recover who pray every day? How many people recover who are faithful financially and give tithing and offering every week of their life to the kingdom of God? How many people recover who come and worship exuberantly and lift up the name of Jesus? How many people recover? You understand what I'm saying? Somebody's calculator's wrong. Somebody's working in the wrong direction. Somebody needs to put it all together and say it like it is. What are the odds that you're going to recover if you confess healing virtue in 1 Peter 2.24 and quote healing scriptures over your life and confess that Jesus is your healer? I believe your odds get a lot better brother I believe that the odds begin to shift in your favor when you obey this book after all the New Testament said it four times anything is possible to them who believe Even if they say there's zero chance of recovery, you just keep praying and trusting God. The Bible says to believe and trust in Him. He's my deliverer. He's my Savior. He's my healer. Yes, He is. Oh God, I'm just going to keep believing against all odds. Oh, clap your hands if you're beginning to understand what I'm saying. Faith moves mountains. Don't you let the dark cloud rob you of the victory that God has promised you. He said, I'm Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Say, well, some have prayed and they didn't get better. Sure. And in those instances, we say that was the will of God. And they were better and they were blessed when they went on to their reward. But until God pulls our number and calls us to heaven, I just believe we ought to keep saying, I'm I'm blessed, I'm healed, I'm delivered, i The Bible says that's what we ought to do, and I just believe the Bible. Say, well, that's not very practical. You know what? (laughs) Faith sometimes has to supersede logic. Sometimes we're so smart we talk talk ourselves out of a miracle. God's trying to give miracle signs and wonders to this church and some of us are receiving it but I can sense there's a few of us that are so smart we're saying to ourselves, it's unlikely. The odds are against us but you know what? I feel there's a shifting in the tide. I feel that the word of God is prevailing. I liked it the other night when we stacked up these Bibles and said the word of God is bigger than any problem we're facing. The word of God is prevailing over every sickness and every disease. The word of God is prevailing. You look like a David to me that's facing Goliath, but I'm going to keep encouraging you. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Anybody can give up and go home, but if you're a David, you're going to keep getting up against your Goliath. It don't matter if his name's Goliath or cancer or bankruptcy. Oh, yes. I'm going to fight my Goliath. I'm going to fight this battle. You... If you're not courageous enough to get in the fight You just watch me march out there And defeat him in the name of the Lord of hosts The odds are against me But God is for me Yes, yes Nothing can stop faith Believe the word of God Against all odds You know, I'm from South Louisiana We just went through all these hurricanes, you know Two years ago, it almost wiped Lake Charles off the map. As soon as that was over, you know what you... Immediately, you hear. Sixty percent of the homes in this parish were destroyed. Sixty percent of the homes in this area were destroyed. Man, that's bad, you know? But hear what I'm saying. They were calculating every type home there is, every small shack that had been infested with termites for years, every dilapidated home that was not taken care of, temporary homes, mobile homes, wood homes, brick homes, every kind of home was in that 60%. Hear what I'm saying? But let me tell you this, every home that was built out of concrete and steel, every single one of them survived. 100% of those homes that were built on a solid foundation and had steel reinforcement and concrete walls, every single one of those houses survived. I'm saying the enemy is... Sort of like the old nursery rhyme, the big bad wolf. He's huffing and puffing and he's trying to convince you he's going to blow your house down. And you can listen to the statistics. It says 60% of people are going to fall when he blows. But you know what? If you're built on the solid foundation called the Word of God, if your life is built on the foundation called 100% of those homes survive, and you're like one of those homes that's built on a rock, quit listening to the statistics. Believe the Word of God. Come on now. Against all odds, you can have the victory. Your marriage is going to make it. Uh, you're going to make it when you get to college. Uh, even when you face sicknesses, I believe you're going to overcome and recover by the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, just, I just wonder, has anybody out here faced a Goliath and, and overcome? Raise your hand. You know, maybe his name wasn't Goliath, but it was cancer. Maybe it was something difficult in your life. Maybe it was months and years of going through some legal process. And you said, Lord, I thought I couldn't make it. The odds were against me, but you helped me. You know, we all face the odds. You know, the fact is I shouldn't be here. I was just a teenage boy when I felt called to preach. My wife and I grew up together, same high school, graduated together. Sometime back I saw... uh, I saw the, uh, the tape. Somebody recorded our graduation banquet at our home church. Now some of you guys can understand what I'm saying. At our graduation banquet, they had tables for every graduate. There were 12 graduates in our church at that one time. Most of them at the same school. And they said, all the graduates were going to give you the opportunity and the privilege to make a five-minute speech. Now, you know what most graduates think about making a five-minute speech? How many of you guys would like to make a five-minute speech tonight? Keep it short. And you know, they said five minutes, all 12 of you. My dear wife got up and did a tremendous job telling how wonderful her parents were and all the teachers and every student had something remarkable to say. Hear what I'm saying. I'm trying to inspire somebody right here. And all of them got up and said something noteworthy. They had prepared. They had made themselves ready. And I can tell you, just 18 years old and a shy and timid young man, God had blessed me. I I believed truth and and was honest, and all of those things. But, when it come to, came to public speaking, brother, there was a fear that arrested me. And when it came my turn, and just recently I watched the tape and was reminded of that most terrible incident. The four, five, or ten words that I spoke were so low that they sound like a mumbling, groaning. And after those few words, I put down the microphone and walked away in embarrassment. My face turned red. And I couldn't help but think after I watched that tape, over 300 graduates in our school Twelve graduates in our home church that particular day. And of all those twelve, by far, by far, I was the least likely to ever do anything for God. And for sure the most unlikely to ever be a public speaker. And yet here I am. Right. S- somebody said, well, Brother Welch is just, uh, he just made to be, a no. Only by the grace of God have I overcome that Goliath. And, and God, against all odds, against all circumstances, against all... You understand what I'm saying? Some of you young men, I know it doesn't seem like it, but you know what I see in the spirit. Hallelujah. Some of you are going to be right up here ministering the word of God. Some of you are going to be out there preaching and being missionary. Some of you young ladies who think it can never happen for you, you just keep on being inspired. Praise God. If God calls you to a mission against all odds, you can overcome and be a success. Yes, you can. Hold on and watch God. You may feel like David fighting your Goliath, but in the end, you're going to have the victory oh yes you are keep on believing and trusting against all odds i wonder would you just close your eyes and lift your hands